Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. And now, thus said Jehovah, thy creator, O Jacob, and thy fashioner, O Israel, be not afraid, for I have redeemed thee. I have called on thy name, thou art mine. God created Jacob, and then he fashioned Jacob into Israel. He tailored Jacob to become Israel, and then he redeemed Jacob. He redeems all of us through his own son. He redesigns us when we become born again, and he is the one who created us to begin with. 2. When thou passest into waters, I am with thee, and into floods they do not overflow thee. When thou goest into fire, thou art not burnt, and a flame doth not burn against thee. The Lord caused the Israelites to pass through water several times. First they crossed the Red Sea on foot when the Egyptians were chasing them, and then they crossed the Jordan when Joshua took them into their homeland, and then his servant Elijah crossed the Jordan as well with Elisha. And when we get to the book of Daniel, you will see that Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all went into the burning fire, and they didn't even come out with a smell of smoke on them. There was no singeing. Only God can do this. And when the Lord puts us through his fire of testing, if we're faithful, we will come out without even being singed or having any smell of smoke on us. 3. For I, Jehovah thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, I have appointed Egypt thine atonement, Cush and Seba in thy stead. First of all, the Lord is calling himself their Savior. So this is Jesus talking to the Israelites, and he is saying he's going to destroy the armies of Egypt and Ethiopia on behalf of his own people. In the Bible, Egypt represents sin because the Israelites came out of Egypt, and when we get born again, we come out of sin. The army of sin, which is Satan and all of his demons, will be destroyed on our behalf when we repent. 4. Since thou wast precious in mine eyes, thou wast honored, and I have loved thee, and I appoint men in thy stead, and peoples instead of thy life. The Lord says that he is going to cause pagans to die instead of the Israelites, because he loves the Israelites. If God wanted to play favorites or to destroy somebody, he has every right to, because he created all of us. Just as if you paint a painting, you have every right to rip it up and throw it in the trash if you don't like it. But he doesn't play favorites. He actually loves everyone equally. Everyone, including the Egyptians and the Cushites, all have the opportunity to repent. And the Lord has mercy on everyone who repents. But he uses Israel as a symbol to the world, and likewise he has used pagan nations as a symbol to the world of his redemption and his wrath. He can use us as a symbol that teaches his gospel to other people, which he also has every right to do. But we know in the Lord's mercy, he looks at each individual life, and he judges each person individually. Even though he may wipe out a whole army, 
Every single person in that army is judged based on his or her own life choices. 5. Be not afraid, for I am with thee. From the east I bring thy seed, and from the west I gather thee. He says he's going to gather the Israelites back to their homeland. They were taken captive by Babylonians. They had been scattered out as slaves into other countries, and he says he's going to bring them home. When we get saved, he brings us home, back into his fold. We had been carried away into slavery of sin before we get saved, and then he redeems us. He buys us back from the enemy, and he punishes the enemy for taking us as slaves. Then we abide with him, and it says here, he is with us. All the times in your life that you thought you were alone and you thought nobody cared, Jesus was there. You just didn't realize it because the enemy was whispering lies in your ear that nobody cared. But while the enemy was telling you lies, Jesus was there the whole time. 6. I am saying to the north, give up, and to the south, restrain not. Bring in my sons from afar, and my daughters from the end of the earth. He is going to command the pagan nations to cough up the Israelites so that they can go home. This is similar to what he did with Pharaoh in Egypt. He said, Let my people go. 7. Everyone who is called by my name, even from my honor, I have created him. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. He made all of us. All of us were created for the honor of God, not for our own honor, but for His honor. When we understand that our purpose is to honor Him, that's when we receive our true identity. Life is miserable when you think that you have to make yourself something, which is what the world teaches us. It teaches us that we have to be somebody. But the Bible teaches us that it's the Lord who is somebody, and we're created to honor and reflect Him. And when we get that burden off of our shoulders of us having to prove ourselves, then we walk in peace and confidence and security. 8. He brought out a blind people who have eyes and deaf ones who have ears. This is talking about the spiritually blind and the spiritually deaf. They didn't know the law. They couldn't see the Lord or hear his voice. But once they repented, then immediately their ears and eyes were opened. 9. All the nations have been gathered together, and the peoples are assembled. Who among them declareth this, and former things causeth us to hear? They give their witness, and they are declared righteous, and they hear and say truth. The Lord is mocking or challenging the nations to declare if they can prophesy as he does and if they speak the truth as he does, which they don't. 10. Ye are my witnesses, an affirmation of Jehovah, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that ye know and give credence to me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed and after me there is none. He uses Israel as a witness to the entire world that he is God, because by looking at the history of Israel, there's no doubt that God exists and that he's real. Israel is his chosen people, 
not because they are great in and of themselves, but because the Lord wanted a witness to the entire world of his history and all of his works and wonders. And he put all that into the history of the Israelites. That's their purpose. Their history glorifies and honors the Lord. And no one can deny that he exists because of them. Even today, as a little tiny country surrounded by massive countries that all want to annihilate Israel, that's a witness in and of itself, because all of those countries would have wiped Israel out decades ago if they could have. But they could not wipe out this little tiny nation, all because of God protecting it. 11. I, I am Jehovah, and besides me there is no Savior. God is our Savior. Jesus is God. 12. I, I declared, and saved, and proclaimed, and there is no stranger with you, and ye are my witnesses, an affirmation of Jehovah, and I am God. There's only one I am. When it says there is no stranger with you, he doesn't mean there's no foreigners, because the Lord in his law has always welcomed foreigners to live among the Israelites. That's a big part of his law, is that the Israelites are supposed to be very kind and compassionate and inclusive with foreigners who come to dwell with them. But this is talking about foreign gods, and he says, I'm going to bring you home one day, and there will be no foreign gods in your nation. You will only worship me. That will happen during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, because clearly today they do have foreign gods. For one thing, their religion is a god to them, above the real god. They worship their religion instead of worshiping the Father and His Son. 13. Even from the day I am He, and there is no deliverer from my hand, I work, and who doth turn it back? Whatever the Lord does, no one can undo. And when He saves somebody, nobody can unsave that person. Now that person can willfully go back to sin, but nobody can force or pull that person into sin. Thus said Jehovah, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and caused bars to descend, all of them, and the Chaldeans whose song is in the ships. The Chaldeans had merchant ships, and the Chaldeans had fought against the Israelites. Abraham came out of the land of the Chaldeans to go to the promised land originally. And the Babylonians had put some of the Israelites in prison, but the Lord was going to lower the bars, just as he had done in Jericho, when he lowered the walls. 15. I am Jehovah, your Holy One, Creator of Israel, your King. He says I am a lot in this chapter. That is one of his names. Nobody is I am but God. There's so-called Christian worship songs that chant I am when they're talking about people. Those songs are actually blasphemous. And New Age affirmations also start with I am a lot of times. Affirmations are actually a demonic practice. It's not a Christian practice. It's an Eastern religion practice. 16. Thus said Jehovah, 
who is giving in the sea a way, and in the strong waters a path. The Lord shows the waters where to go, and he makes a boundary for the ocean. 17. Who is bringing forth chariot and horse, a force, even a strong one, together they lie down, they rise not, they have been extinguished, as flax they have been quenched. The Lord wipes out any army that he wants to wipe out. He could even wipe out 185,000 Assyrians in one night, which is what he did during Isaiah's time. 18. Remember not former things, and ancient things consider not. When you become born again, you enter into a new life. You don't look back at the old life. You are the new creation that he has made after you become born again. So there's no reason to ever look back. 19. Lo, I am doing a new thing. Now it springeth up. Do ye not know it? Yea, I put in a wilderness a way, in a desolate place, floods. He fills the desert with water. The desert of your life will be full of the living water of Jesus Christ when you repent and follow him. 20. Honor me, doth the beast of the field, dragons and daughters of an ostrich, for I have given in a wilderness waters, floods in a desolate place, to give drink to my people, my chosen. Dragons and ostriches are very independent animals. They don't answer to anybody. They're not the type of animals that you can tame. You may think that you've tamed an ostrich, but in reality, the ostrich is doing what it wants to do. He's saying that even the independent-minded animals submit to the Lord, and he chooses who he chooses to be his people. But again, this doesn't prevent any of us from choosing to follow him. Everyone can follow the Lord if they want to. 21. This people I have formed for myself, my praise they recount. The Israelites have always been praising the Lord. Even when they sin, they praise the Lord. They can't help it because they were created as his symbol to the world. They're a symbol to the world of the existence and the wonders and the law of God. 22. And me thou hast not called, O Jacob, for thou hast been wearied of me, O Israel. 23. Thou hast not brought into me the lamb of thy burnt offerings, and with thy sacrifices. Thou hast not honored me. I have not caused thee to serve with the present, nor wearied thee with frankincense. The people of Jacob were tired of their God, and they stopped bringing him sacrifices, because they were busy bringing sacrifices to their idols. And for that reason, he didn't even want a sacrifice from them. The Lord doesn't like hypocrisy. So if we have an idol in our lives, and then we go to church and pretend that we love him, he turns his back on us. He can't tolerate lies. And he knows if we really love him or not. He won't receive any offering unless it's given in pure love. 24. Thou hast not bought for me with money sweet cane, and with the fat of thy sacrifices hast not filled me, only thou hast caused me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquity. 
He says, instead of bringing sacrifices of the first fruits, you exhaust me with your sins. 25. I, I am he who is blotting out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and thy sins I do not remember. He says, even though you sinned, I still forgive you for my own sake, so that you can be a testimony of me. Now this is true for all of us. All of us have sinned, but when we repent, he blots out our sins in his book that's in heaven that records all of our deeds. He actually erases our sins from that book when we repent. But it's to glorify him, not us. 26. Cause me to remember we are judged together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. The Lord is challenging the Israelites, saying, I will judge between you and me. Stand up and tell me if you are guilt-free, which they aren't. 27. Thy first father sinned, and thine interpreters transgressed against me. All the way from Adam to many of the religious leaders, their fathers had sinned. Their interpreters, which would be those who interpret the law, were allowing the people to sin. They were falsely interpreting the law and allowing the people to have idols. And this happens in churches today. A lot of pastors will misinterpret God's law and tell the people that it's okay. There's pastors also that say that you're saved from any future sin that you would commit, which really lets people off the hook. If they're planning on sinning right after leaving church, they walk out that door believing that they're already forgiven even before they commit that sin because the pastor told them so. This is false interpretation. 28. And I pollute princes of the sanctuary, and I give Jacob to destruction and Israel to revilings. The prophecies of God go forward and backward, almost like a oscillating wave. In one verse, he says he's redeeming them, and then in the next verse, he says that he's punishing them. Prophecies are usually not time linear. In verse 25, he was saying that he's going to forgive them, but in verse 28, he was then again reminding them that he had punished them. When we get to the book of Revelation, we'll see that prophecy is like an onion that you peel layer by layer because it will give a bigger story, and then a smaller story within that, and then a smaller story within that. Prophecy usually isn't chronological. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 43.